Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. To Titus chapter 2. We dealt with Titus chapter 1, building character. How do you build a church? It's one of the pastoral epistles, and it's not just to pastors. Yes, it was written to Titus, who was a pastor or an overseer, but really the Bible's for all of us. So Titus was told how to build the church right by Paul, and it was to build character. So it deals with the character of the preacher, and that's important. Why? Because the church is going to imitate the pastor in their conduct, not just their words. I remember one guy came to church. He only visited because he was going to become a minister himself. God had said it. He had said it, called him to maybe pastor a church. But he, he, he came to church and he said, I don't want to be like a one-man show. Just on my own. He said, because if I do that, I'm going to attract people that have the same attitude. We attract people with the same attitude as we have. So he said, I'm not going to be like that. So we're thankful that he came. It was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So Titus chapter 2, we're going to deal with the theme, walk this way. Walk this way. An allusion perhaps to a song from the 70s, but walk this way. What do you call someone who can't stick with a diet? A deserter. So if you have a waterbed and it's not very bouncy, what do you put in it to make more make the waterbed more bouncy? Spring water. Someone said if you build a man a fire, he'll be warm for a day. If you set a man on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life. <laughs> Lastly, a healthy sleep not only makes your life longer, it also shortens the workday. <laughs> Someone said employees, right? They come late, leave early, and steal often, right? <laughs> so anyway, so. so we're dealing with walking this way. Now, what is a walk? In Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians, I'm going to read five scriptures from Ephesians. Chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So walk is a life. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that means I'm begging you, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Vocation is a calling. Like vocal cord. It's actually a calling. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth from now on walk, not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2. And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, 
But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And I said five. I guess it's six verses. Ephesians chapter five and verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly. That means carefully. Like a, cir- like a circumference is around, right? Walk circumspectly. I don't know about in Haiti, but I lived in, uh, in Zambia. And you, you drove circumspectly. Do you do that in Puerto Rico too? That means you go around the potholes. You say, well, I just hit potholes. What are you afraid of? They're not potholes like in America. It's not like a little... It's like leave your tire or your transmission in the hole in the road, okay? If you don't go... But the Bible said that's how we have to walk. Walk. In fact, we used to drive through Zambia, which had some rougher roads outside of like the major cities. Those were nice. But then you go outside of the cities... But then you'd go into Zimbabwe, which was a country to the south of Zambia, and the roads got a little better. And then south of that, you went into South Africa, and it was like you hit, like, Germany. I mean, it was like wonderful, smooth roads. But uh, as Christians, we need to walk around those things. And the walk is what Titus is dealing with. Paul told Titus in this this, uh, second chapter, this is what the end goal of the preacher is, to have people living or walking correctly, as God wants them to walk or live. So walk this way. Verses 1 to 10. So there's 15 verses. The first 10 verses, Titus is told that he must teach different things to different groups of people. Now, newsflash. I know that people are talking a lot about gender and different things. Well, guess what? There are different genders, too, to be specific. And God talks, so preacher, that's really mean. No, it's not. I think people are very confused. These people are not, these people, they're still figuring things out and adding different things, but there are two genders. And God addresses men and God addresses women because newsflash, men and women are also different. (laughs) We are different. So so we look at verse 1. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Now this is carrying over from the end of chapter one. So the the people who lived in Crete just kind of lived any old kind of way. And Paul said Christian lives are a contrast to the world around them. And he said, you don't live that way, Titus. And you know that your mom or your dad, maybe your mom said, well, if everyone else jumped off a bridge, doesn't mean you need to jump off a bridge, right? Just because everyone else is doing it. And I don't know if everyone's jumped off a bridge, but I don't know. But, uh, Christian lives provide a contrast, light and dark. And you know, it's very, when it's very dark out, we were told in the Marines, I didn't smoke, but we were told in the Marines you couldn't smoke at night because you could see that tiny little cigarette if you were an enemy miles and miles. Why? The contrast of light and dark. And when the world's dark, we need to be light. We need to be, not the cigarette, <laughs> but we need to be that light in the world. Jesus said that. Ye are the light of the world. And uh, there's that song, This Little Light of Mine. Well, if it's really dark out, you can see a little light from a long way. Amen. So as you read the Bible, you'll find out that it is reading you. Or he is reading you, the Holy Ghost. So the Bible is a book that tells you how to live. When, When Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, in verse 19 and 20, he said, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, 
teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Am. Amen. Observe. It means to guard. It doesn't mean like, oh, look, there it is. That's not what observe means. But it means, like some people say, like, I, I, preacher, I have no problem with hard work. I can watch it all day. I mean, and look at those guys working and look at them working over there. That's hard work. No, I, that's not what observe means. It means to guard those teachings that you have been taught. Keep them in your heart. So, uh, so he just jumps in. He talks, the first group is the aged, the older men. Be sober. Grave. That not means in the grave. That means serious, okay? Temperate, controlled, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Charity, of course, agape, the Christian love. So it's interesting. You have to approach people that have drunk more water than you have gently. Why? Because they might not receive instruction from a younger person. It's just... And so... We, we need to be, when you're dealing with older people, I remember when I was a, a preacher in Orlando some years ago, guys would first ask me, how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? And we were kind of instructed, you know, just, hey, well, I'm old enough and different things because people won't respect you when you're, when you're young. Do you know what these guys did? These hooligans, where I worked at a sheetrock company, they went to HR and somehow got into my file, really, and found out. They said, oh, we know who old you are. And I'm like, that's, that's something else, right? It's not, it wasn't, it wasn't secret, but I was trying to hide that so they wouldn't judge me by my age. They judged me by my life. Amen. So people are just people, whatever. We had some people come out from that workplace anyway. God wins. So the older men, it's interesting. Titus was told to tell them, to live life with the wisdom and maturity that matches your age. You ever heard, act your age? Well, that's what God told Titus to tell to the older men. So these qualities aren't automatic. Sometimes you can get older in body, but not older in maturity. <laughs> and sometimes you can become grumpy in old men. I mean, it's jolly old men. There's jolly old Saint Nick. But he's like the only jolly old man out there. The rest of them are grumpy. Get off my lawn! Right? Why? Well, when you get older, you get certain aches and pains, and you can get hardened in your ways of doing things. But we need to be hardened in faith, hardened in love. And you know what he said? In patience. That means cheerful endurance. When you get older... And some people feel this. I'm just waiting around to die. I'm not doing anything. I'm just old. Miss Jan, when she came here, man, she'd bring cookies every Sunday. I mean, she was older. She faced a lot of challenges health-wise. And she's older. I mean, we all, we're all going to get there. But man, she did a lot. Why? Because she had that patience and that joy. And uh, you know what? I don't believe if you're alive that God has you waiting around to die. You're here. Your life has intention. God wrote to the old men. He didn't say, you old men, take it easy. God called an old man. Abraham, 75. God called an old man. Moses. But he was a young man. Yeah, he was a young 80-year-old man. God called him. 
So no, he didn't preach it only when he was 80. So uh, he first 40 years of his life, he lived uh, uh, in Egypt. Second 40 years of his life, he lived on the backside of a desert. The last 40 years of his life, he served God when he was 80. God can use aged men, and God does, for great things. So, um, so joyfully endure the old men, the aches and pains, and the challenges of old age. Really, that's what he's saying. And you know what? When I get older, I've gotten older aches and pains that weren't there before. And I was like, wow, praise God. This is what they're talking about, right? You, you, uh, you start to get up and you're like, oh, ah, ah, ah. oh, I got up. You know, but now you're upright, right? So the third verse. Now he talks to the aged women. Oh, look, another gender, right? <laughs> he didn't just say all old folks, right? The aged women, but there is one thing similar, likewise. So there is a link right there. That they be in behavior as becometh holiness. That holiness is a link for all of us, whether men or women. Not false accusers, that word from diabolos. You know, the devil is an accuser. And you, when you get old, you know, you can get prone to gossiping and to slamming. They call it slamming someone who's not around. The Bible says that, tell these older women, don't do that. Don't slam folks who aren't around. Don't gossip. It's the devil's work. That's why the word is... Diabolos, he's the accuser of the brethren. <laughs> and another thing, the Greek and Roman women were given to, not given to much wine. <laughs> so not only would they be an excessive gossiper, but they'd be hitting the Mad Dog 2020 or the gin or you know whatever old lady got granny with the bottle of beer or whatever. But these are not what Christian women do. And you say, a preacher, it's not normal. You have to teach this. You have to teach this. And it said, instead, don't be in excess to the negative things, but the Bible says, teachers of good things. You know that you have an opportunity. Older women have a special opportunity, and we'll find out what that is in verse 4. To say something to the younger women that are coming up. And I, a, lot of, a lot of ladies, and I'll just tell you this, I mean... My wife talks to a lot of ladies, not as a pastor, but my wife talks to a lot of ladies that call her, and not me, but you're the pastor. I know, but you have a spec, not that my wife is an aged woman, right? But when you're, when you're a lady who's mature, you can actually really be an example to the younger women. They don't know. They haven't been around. Well, what would they have something by their lives that they may teach the young woman to be Sober, right? Because they kicked that habit of, you know, uh, having their, their shot before bed or whatever. And so they can teach that to the younger ladies. And to love their husbands. And to love their children. You know, my wife was teaching someone who, who was coming to church. And the, the person said, had a baby. And, and you know, but it's like, do you, do you hold her like this? Remember that, sister? How, how do you... How, how do you and she had more than one kid, but she didn't know everything. And it was very humble of that younger lady to ask my wife. My wife didn't, we only had one. Did we even have a kid? Yeah, we had one. Okay. It was years ago. So, and I'm not saying that's wrong of that lady. It was good of her to ask, say, how do I do this? How do I hold the kid right? Why? She wanted to love her child. And that's a good thing for a mom. Good job, that mom. <laughs> to be discreet. This is what the older women teach the younger women. Discreet. 
um, to be modest, to be uh, to not give false impression of evil things, right? To be chaste, uh, have a uh, a holy character. Here's the word keepers at home. So I don't believe a woman should stay home. Well, the Bible says different than you. The Bible says this. I'm not teaching Pastor Bigelow New Testament Christian Church doctrine. Paul told Titus, teach the women this, and you'll get a better society. The Bible says keepers at home. It doesn't mean barefoot and pregnant, okay? It doesn't mean women can't have a job, okay? People, they take this and they run with it down the street, okay, with their hair on fire. The Proverbs 31 woman had a job. Read about it. She considered a field and bought it. Have you ever read Proverbs 31? She was industrious, right? She spun. She had a business of spinning wool. But she also was at home. And the Bible, keepers at home, means to guard the home. So, preacher, what happens? Kids can't get into anything. Huh. I was listening to a podcast about a man who said he, he, he's a hacker, right? He hacks child pedophile people and, uh, and brings them to the cops, basically. And he poses as like a 13-year-old girl in a chat room. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm Allie, you know, a 13-year-old girl. In like two minutes, a 40-some-year-old man will just say, hey, they're out there. And they are looking for your kids. Not just at home, but online. Say, well, preacher, what does being at home have to do with it? You can see what your kids are up to. <laughs> being at home is very important. And you know what? My wife makes my house a home with love and food <laughs> and different things, right? We, we, we split the laundry and all. We, we, we're a team, but I don't cook. <laughs> and say, well, I'm, I'm a husband and I cook. Well, it's a blessing. But a woman's touch makes a house a home. And the Bible says, teach them to guard the home, be keepers at home. Amen. So, um, why? That the word of God may not be blasphemed. Wow. Because we can blaspheme the word of God when we don't do the right things. And the Bible says that the husband is the head of the wife, obedient to their own husbands. But it also says that, you know, Jesus was obedient to his father. He said, uh, the father hath not left me alone in John 8, 29, for I do always those things that please him. God sent his son. His son obeyed the father. Jesus isn't saying, you be obedient, I do what I want. Jesus was obedient too. So, and I'm obedient. I have a lot of people above me in the ministry. And uh, honestly, uh, my wife is obedient to me, but she's got a lot of better ideas than I do. So I don't shut her down. She, she really knows. And uh, we thank God. Thank God for my wife. Amen. Amen. Young men, likewise exhort to be sober-minded. Here's the link again. Young men need this. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Sober-minded, serious-minded. And I like to joke around, but I'm very serious about the gospel. And the young men need to be taught it's not all just fun and games or fun and video games, you know? So well, that's what kids do. No, adult men will pay, play video games all night long. It's not wrong, but I'm saying, wait a second, but it's games. It's video, say, I'll preach preacher, but I just like to play it for six hours. 
I know, that's good. But you read your Bible for six hours? Are you a boy? Or a man? The preacher, you just made me mad. I hope so. Because the Bible says, exhort them to be serious. Now, I like to have fun. I like to watch, gay, uh, play video games. I like to, especially gun games. I like to watch YouTube. I like to go down rabbit holes of cop videos. I like all of that. I do. Cop, something with shooting in it, you know, or cops, like, cuffing someone. I think it's awesome, okay? But I don't want someone to get shot, but, you know, just like, you know, some kind of action scene in a movie. But I want God first. You'll find me in the morning reading my Bible. You'll find me in the morning praying. You'll find me in the morning doing something for God. Why? Serious-minded young men. Serious-minded. So please don't think I'm preaching against video games. can be said with Facebook and everything else. But man, let's be serious about the gospel. And then enjoy yourself. Have recreation time. But anyway, so let me just, if I made everybody mad, let's go to the next thing. So I can make you mad here. No, just kidding. In all things... Why, preacher, would you say that? Showing yourself a pattern of good works. That's what God wants you to show the world. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Uh, people see patterns. Oh, they always do that. They all, like Forrest Gump, mama always said, right? She always did that. Well, as a young man, people are going to see which way you're going to break. Are you going to break this way? Are you going to break that way? You know, after high school, people go into the military and they don't know which way they're going to break. Are they going to be with this crowd or with this crowd? So that's a real changing point. And you know what happens with a lot of young men in the military? According to the blessing of the gospel, they give their life to Jesus. Because they're right there and they're like, what am I going to do with my life? I think I'm going to go to Jesus because I've tried the other things. They don't pay out like the devil said they're going to pay out. But I can give my life to Jesus. You know, it's a great harvest field for young people in today's day and age. I remember a drug commercial from years ago, right? This dad, maybe from the 80s. You can probably find it on YouTube. I haven't seen it for maybe 30 years. The dad busts in on his son and his son's doing drugs. And the dad said, you know, where did you learn to do this? And the kid said, I learned it by watching you. Woo. Oh. That stuck with me. Now, my parents didn't do drugs, uh, except for experimental stuff in the 60s, okay? But I wasn't around, right? <laughs> so I never learned it by watching them. My parents didn't do things. My dad quit smoking before I was born. My father's dad, my, my wife's dad, quit smoking before she was born. My father's dad, I don't know if he smoked or not, so... <laughs> But so I never learned it by watching them. Now I know people have their own choices, but you have an example. It's very powerful. And as a young man, it's a powerful example as a young man to serve God. Because old men, they think, ah, they're just studying for their final exam, right? They got no other choice, right? Serve God, go to church. But a young man serving God, it touches hearts. When everyone else is sowing their wild oats, you're sowing the gospel seeds. It's a blessing. Verse 8. Sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you live a life that will make accusers ashamed at saying evil things of you not that anyone says anything bad about Reverend Patterson you know but uh, I remember when I was uh, in construction and some guy you know was saying something in Spanish like just some curse words and stuff 
And another Spanish guy, he came and stood up for me, even in Spanish to the other guy. I didn't have to say anything because he knew my life. And he didn't even want that guy to say stuff that I didn't even understand what he was saying. But he didn't even want him saying it around me because he knew the life that I lived in front of him. And you can live your life and brother, people watch your life. Amen. I remember this, this big time, it's a big preacher, you'd know his name, but he was in a, like a, a almost abandoned parking lot and he had like some trash from like fast food and he opened his door and the wind caught the trash and it blew out and there was only one other car in the parking lot, one other car. And he's like, ah, oh, I don't want to go chase after the trash, but he did, right? He got out. The people rolled down their window and they said, we recognized you. We were watching to see if you got that trash or not. Can you imagine that? I mean, you'd know the name of the preacher, but he got the trash and picked it up because he had a pattern of good works. Amen. Verse 9, exhort servants, and these are bond servants or slaves, to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things. Not answering again, not getting in the face. And, and uh, so God didn't endorse slavery as it, as it was back then, okay? But it was what was the custom of the day. So you have to deal with things that are part of that day. And so the way that they were going to get rid of slavery was just to let Christianity, the culture, override their culture. And if that's what happened. And so we don't have slavery in America. We don't have slavery in a lot of the modern world. Christianity has kind of pushed that away. But before it could be fixed, this was what Titus was to teach slaves or servants. These are your duties as Christians before society changes. So serve God where you are. It's a real message. You say, well, preacher, it's not right. I know, but Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. <laughs> it's not right. So what did Joseph do? I ain't doing it. I'm free. You'll never know. He was obedient to Potiphar. And God elevated him in prison. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and the master saw that the lord was with him in fact the bible said that he had so much prosperity in prison that potiphar his master left all that he had in joseph's hand he said you manage all my stuff and he knew not aught that he had save the bread which he did Eat. Why? Because Joseph acted right even though he was a slave. Amen. So the Bible says not purloining. So if you're a slave or a servant or an employee, purloining means to embezzle. Don't embezzle. Don't steal. And someone said, well, I never steal from my employer. Have you ever stolen time? Supposed to be working? And you're on Facebook? And uh, so preacher, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> but... When we invite people at a checkout, and some people are, 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 are on peace rate, it's not the same as being on the clock, but we're aware that people are on the clock. So we like to make a quick, we have the card out, hear the information's on the back, hey thanks, and we go because we don't want to get them in trouble with their employer. Say, well preacher, it's for the Lord. I know, but the Lord says, not purloining. That's what the Lord said. So we want to show, it says showing all good fidelity, faithfulness to your master. Why? Because you're faithful to Christ. 
that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Isn't that something that even as a slave, you can adorn the doctrine of God? God said that of a a servant or a slave. God can use the lowest to do his highest. Verse 11 to 15, I got like two minutes. Walking with grace, not the person, but living by grace. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. We don't just get saved because we go feel like it. I went and got saved. No, the grace of God appeared to you because the Bible said that no man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And it said it appeared unto all men. The Bible said that uh, all men, the Bible says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. God wants all men to be saved. All races, both genders, all creation to be saved. And it said that appeared, I like this, the word appeared comes from the Greek word epiphanio, which is where we get epiphany, which means to something that shines on you. And uh, an epiphany means in a moment when you see or understand something, right? In a new or a clear way. Like grew from Despicable Me said, light bulb. It's when that light bulb goes on, you're like, ah, epiphany. Well, it's not having the epiphany that changes you. It's what you do with the epiphany that changes you. Teaching us, verse 12. Grace? I thought grace was just do whatever you want. No, let's teach. Let's look what walking with grace is. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Grace does that, preacher? Yeah. We should live soberly, righteously, godly in heaven. No, in this present world. The word teaching means to train up a child. Grace is a teacher. That's a disciplinarian. Uh, Grace has disciples. I want to be a disciple of grace. You know, it's interesting. People seem tempted to say yes to all the impulses of the day. But you know what grace says? Deny it. Because your faith will be showed by what you say no to. By what you deny. It's going to show the reality of your faith. I remember when I was a new guy and they were inviting people at the job site. We were at a job and they were taking everyone out to lunch. And you're like, great, where'd you go? Hooters. So a preacher, the owl restaurant? Yeah, the owl restaurant. Did you go? I didn't go. But it's free lunch. I know. I was hoping they'd bring me something back because I would have eaten it, right? And uh, one of the religious guys there gave me a hard time for not going. But you know what? I was a new, pre- new preacher, new employee, and I had my testimony. And guess what? I still have my testimony, and it's more important than a burger and fries. Although a burger and fries would taste good right now, okay? But... Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for the blessed hope. Not just heaven, but Christ. That's what I'm looking for. Jesus. Wherever Jesus is, that's where I want to be. I want to be with Jesus. And then this is the work of Christ. I'm almost done. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. This is the gospel. Iniquity is sin with knowledge. And purify unto himself. A, peop, a peculiar people, I like this, zealous of good works. I like that. They want to go to church, want to read their Bible, be crazy about inviting someone to church. Where they're zealous, they have a zeal and intensity about it. And, uh, you know, everyone else came out of the closet. Christians need to come out of the closet too and just do the work of God. Be zealous of good works. Verse 15, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. So he said, don't be ashamed, Titus. 
just hit it out of the park. And then he said, let no man despise thee. And I believe that when he said that to Titus, he was also telling him, don't let your life cause people to despise your words. So he said, Titus, you have to live it too. The preacher has to live it too. The church member has to live it too. And then don't be ashamed of the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Amen. At this time, we're going to dismiss. Hey, Brother Spencer, could you dismiss us in prayer? See you Thursday. Be praying for the church and getting out of this lease and into the next place. Amen.